Next on BYU Sports Nation, defining success for BYU football as a three-touchdown underdog at Wisconsin. What will we learn about this team in the next three weeks? Plus, which three remaining games will define the rest of the season for BYU? It's the power of threes. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, September 12th, wherever and however you're connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who understands that in life it just takes a little time because you're in the middle of the ride. His name is Jerem Jordan. Is that a Jimmy Eat World reference? That it is. is that? That oh, is my nice. We went to Jimmy Eat World last night, and we <laughs> met a fan of the show, Travis Larson, and his wife, and we hung out with them. It was really fun. I had a great time Travis, at the depot. Now, what's, what's cool is the power of BYU Sports Nation is such that one Jerem Jordan can just show up at any random place across the globe, including the depot in Salt Lake City, and just meet fans of BYU Sports Nation. It is like 45 minutes away. Well, if it was in Delaware, that would be a stronger <laughs> impression, I think. But no, it was, it was fun. Great show, great time. Yeah. Felt the juice, dude. It was great. Every time I hear about the state Delaware, I think about that one scene in Wayne's World where they're in front of a green screen and they're putting up different states behind them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, yeehaw! they're in texas and then we're in delaware like what's the defining <laughs> attribute of delaware? if you're in delaware and you're listening or watching this show use the hashtag byusn and tell us yes what is yeah. the defining element or aspect of the state of delaware i know that dover's the capital i know they have beautiful bridges this is only an hour-long show we don't have time to explore this right now you just tell us just t- tweet at us we're in Delaware. Another loaded show for you today. Mitchell Jurgens, new BYU sideline reporter. He's now not two new games, anymore. Two games into the yeah. season, will join us in 15 minutes. What's his perspective of what's happening with the BYU passing attack? And what's the chance Zach Wilson takes a snap on Saturday? We'll talk about that in about a half an hour. And don't forget my one-on-one with Corbin Kafusi in 40 minutes. Why is his brother FaceTiming him at 2 a.m.? <laughs> Why not? (laughs) Up first, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football now three days away from game three on the season. I told you it was the power of threes today. Mm -hmm. The Cougars and sixth-ranked Wisconsin play this Saturday in Madison at Camp Randall. Wisconsin, listen to this, has won 41 straight non-Power 5 games at home. Their last loss came to the juggernaut UNLV in 2003. It's just non-conference home games, whether they're Power 5 or not. That's it's amazing. It's even better, yeah. That's amazing. The West Coast Conference announced the men's hoop schedule on the ESPN family of networks. The Cougars have a total of seven games locked in, including at Gonzaga on ESPN or ESPN2. Former BYU basketball star and NCAA triple-double king Kyle Collinsworth has signed a partial deal with the Toronto Raptors. Collinsworth played in 32 games last season for the Dallas Mavericks. And former BYU volleyball players Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois begin play for Team USA in the FIVB World Championships in Italy against Serbia today at 2.30 Eastern time. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU is currently a 21.5-point underdog at Wisconsin. 21.5. The Cougars will play a third straight Power 5 opponent in as many weeks to open the season. Clearly, the sixth-ranked Badgers are the toughest of those three and a college football playoff contender, according to most college football experts. We asked our expert, Blaine Fowler, yesterday how he would define success for BYU against Wisconsin as a 21-and-a-half-point underdog. Here is his answer. I don't even think success comes like, hey, we're going to go get a win. You get a win, that shocks the world, right? That's one of the biggest upsets in football this year if you do it. So it really is, can we match up with them physically? Can we come out of there and go, well, they didn't manhandle us and we stayed close? Because Wisconsin if not the most physical, one of the two or three most physical teams in the country. It is our question of the day. How do you define success for BYU football against Wisconsin this week? I have four things, Spencer. All right. One is whether you win or not. Oh, yeah, that factors into it. Okay, the likelihood of that happening is really low, but if BYU did that, that'd be incredible, right? Number two, no injuries, major injuries, that is. The risk in playing three Power 5 opponents in a row and – perhaps the most physical team in the country, as you said, is major injuries. Please stay healthy. Number three, move the ball past the 50. This didn't really happen against Michigan and LSU in recent seasons. I don't want a pathetic showing like that again. And number four is score an offensive touchdown, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Wisconsin has not given up an offensive touchdown in 30.2% of their games in the past four years. (laughs) That's unbelievable. (laughs) No offensive TDs in 30% of the games in the last four years. So I say score an offensive touchdown. At least one. BYU BYU didn't do that last year at home. Correct. BYU is one of those... 30% 30% right there. So those are my four measures of success. I like that. Uh, specifically the win part. Yeah, that that would. Duh. It, that's the greatest indicator of success. But let's be honest. If you're always competitive, we will count up the moral victory. Oh, this topic, this whole conversation screams moral victory. They're number six. Like, let's be real about this. It's not at home. Slash last year, people were like, dude, what if we beat Wisconsin? BYU was never in that game, like never even sniffed it. So hopefully BYU can smell some success in Madison. I know some of you are saying, well, hey, uh, New Mexico was down 10-7 at half last week, so it well, got weird you, there for a minute. They count halves as wins, then yeah, good job. Does your half when, conversation, when you, I know you, you talk about this in basketball. Does it carry over yes. in football? Where yes. any, any team can hang for a half. Dude, we were up on Alabama. Have Who cares? Did you win or not? Any team can hang for a half. Moral victory. <laughs> I don't like moral victories, but this week they, we're going to count some. It screams moral victory. Sure, yeah. You and I have discussed point margins, and I think we've both settled on moral victory. 17 points as... To me, that's a blowout. That's a three-score game. So if you're within 17... No, 16 or fewer. That's a two-score game. Within 16, mm-hmm. it's not a blowout. Correct. I think BYU will be right around that number. Ooh, I, ugh, I hope BYU covers in this game. I think BYU will be right Three around. Three scores, I'd be like. Okay, but if they do cover, <laughs> is that voted as success? Yes, in some measure. Even sure. though it's but still not within our blowout target number Listen, of under 17. It's, I just don't want to be embarrassed. I really don't. I don't want a Michigan-LSU situation. Wisconsin's really good. BYU's coming off a... 
terrible offensive performance at home. If BYU Do something of significance. If BYU is within twenty one, yes, that is a minor moral victory. If and if BYU the team wants within, to put this on the bullet tomorrow and use it, whatever. Like whatever BYU needs to be motivated to do what they need to do to be competitive and give themselves a chance just to be competitive in that, take it. If you BYU can. is within our blowout target number, that to me is a significant moral victory. If they're yeah. within twenty one, minor moral victory. Those guys are always blue guys. Are you hearing what we're saying? No, if BYU's within 21, I'll be somewhat happy. Hey, and just keep yeah. in mind, if BYU won this game, I can't even say this without the enormous blue goggles on, <laughs> it would be one of the greatest wins in BYU football history. As high as number two, potentially. One of the greatest wins in BYU football history. That's what we're talking about right here. Okay. At one and one with number six, Wisconsin, McNeese State, who isn't ranked, I believe, and number 10, Washington, looming. How will the next three games impact the success of the BYU football season? Based on our expectations, the next three games won't have a major impact on the rest of the season because you and I, going back to our preseason special, both said BYU would most likely be two and three through the first five. Yes. The Cougars split the opening two. We thought they would do that. We think they'll take care of McNeese State and get win number two there. Now we're talking about Two other opportunities against two top ten teams, on the both road. on the road. <laughs> you heard what I just said about Wisconsin, right? If BYU wins at Washington on September 29th, that would be one of the greatest <laughs> wins in BYU football history. You'll shave your head. <laughs> I will not do that. Oh, I was going to say you didn't. Say uh, let's no. let's contextualize this. Okay, the task at hand is incredibly difficult. Yes, I don't think the next. I think we should schedule harder. I don't think the next three games will ultimately impact the success of this season. Yes, because what is going to define the season, whether BYU gets to a bowl game or not? Yeah. Whether BYU yes. beats Utah or not. Yes. You know, th- those are the things. That's not to say it couldn't change everything if BYU pulls off one of the greatest wins in BYU football history. No, it would be, it would be huge for sure. Um, it would change everything. But I'm with you. The next three don't impact the season because we expect two of these three to be losses. Listen, there could be a negative impact. Like, if BYU doesn't beat McNeese State, now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't know if the bowl game's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. So BYU needs to take care of McNeese State. Go be competitive. Avoid injury. Learn some things. Do some things. Try Like, Wisconsin, I don't, I don't feel like BYU has much of a shot. At Washington, that team is better, but it's a team that there are a few things that BYU can hang in and give themselves a chance. Wisconsin, I'm like, I don't know that BYU does anything better than Wisconsin. Now, what's funny about this is you would think that based on what BYU is, physical, hard-nosed, what they want to be, it's a better matchup against Wisconsin compared to the no, finesse. No, more physical. Compared to the finesse and speed of Washington would, on the wouldn't, outside. Wouldn't BYU's physicality potentially overcome some finesse on Washington? I no, think it's a better matchup if you're opposite. That's Okay, yeah. what I'm saying Offensively. is... Offensively. Last year we thought, oh, yeah, we like how BYU matches up with a Big Ten team. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I screamed in the preseason that this was going to be a loss coming off of or Michigan two Power in, Five Michigan games in 2015. Before. Yeah, 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 yeah. We like how BYU matches up with Big Ten Power football teams. It's a good matchup. It hasn't worked out well recently, other than Michigan State, but that team was 3-9. and nine. Yeah, that team stunk. That team was 3-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because the speed and finesse of Washington in Seattle, where BYU traditionally has not played well, we think that BYU has a better chance to win that game in Seattle yeah, be, than in the, Wisconsin. The 08 team that won 10 games and finished ranked in the top 20 
had to block a PAT against a Washington team that didn't win a single game that year. So you're right, 96. I mean, there have been other games where it's like 98. Oh, just, just hard in Seattle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Jerem, what games left on the BYU schedule if it's not the next three that are going to have a major impact on defining success. What three? What games left for BYU will define the 2018 campaign? To me, it's October. There are only three games in that month. It's Utah State, it's Hawaii, and it's Northern Illinois. Utah State is a team that almost beat Michigan State. Utah State's really good at almost beating Power 5 teams on the road. Uh, and then put up 60 last week against New Mexico State. Hawaii's 3-0 for the first time since 07, looking good. And NIU had a drive to potentially beat Utah. Utah's a good team. So if BYU can take care of business at home in those three, or at least two of those three, they have a chance at a bowl game. But if BYU goes one and two in those, not making a bowl game Trouble. is a realistic scenario. Trouble. So to me, October defines season. But of course, if BYU were to beat Utah yes. in any situation, whether they lost the rest of the games, that would be some kind of defining season. Do you remember how BYU beat number one Gonzaga a couple years ago? Oh, I remember. Do you remember what happened with that season? Like, it's starting to get blurry, right? Because it doesn't matter that much. BYU went to the NIT, by the way, one and done. But they beat number one Gonzaga. That was the defining thing for the season. Beating Utah would be that thing if BYU did it. Okay, I like that trifecta you've brought up in October. Uh, I have two of those three games as the big three that will define the season for BYU. Utah State, BYU lost to the Aggies in Logan. The Aggies Wait, appear what? to be even better this year. I think Calvillo played for the Aggies in that game. They have an offense, man. They've 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 got an offense. Yeah, we'll see. They're Northern Illinois just played Utah really tough, but they've got to come to Provo. I think if BYU can win those two games. Then they're headed to a bowl game. BYU needs to beat Hawaii at home, though. Hawaii's never won in Provo. They're zero and nine, right? They've never won in Provo. They've so that that why Provo. that's Come why on. I'm like, eh, I'm not going to put that in the Cole o- my old top McDonald three games for Heisman. Hey, he can throw it. He can sling it. Hawaii. That's a tough trip. They've never won in Provo. The third and final game, Utah. Honestly, even if BYU didn't go to a bowl game, I think the consensus. Across BYU Sports yes, Nation, there's so is, much desperation there. Yes. If BYU beats Utah, it I don't care if they go to a bowl game. If they beat Utah, then this season is a success. Yes, because we're desperate. You you eat you eat food you wouldn't normally eat when you're super hungry, right? So in this case, we would say, "Ha ha ha! Didn't make a bowl game, but beat Utah." Yes. If BYU beats Utah, it changes everything. Yes. But I'm not to that point yet. Like, what day is it? It's September 12th. Yeah. I don't want to talk about those scenarios. Enough. Utah Next topic. State, Northern Illinois. Next Utah. topic. It's over. <laughs> the BYU Twitter account tweeted this. Let's just say we were thinking of doing something fun with the bell tower on BYU on the BYU Instagram. If so, what one song would you like to hear played? So, Spencer, what do you want to hear from the bell tower? Uh, Clocks by Coldplay. Nice. <laughs> nice. It would have to play those bells really fast to get that... Oh, happening, yeah. Well, there's someone that can play it, and they also have a computerized version. That they just... have a robot yes. that can play? Yes. Okay, what about you? I don't know. When I Come Around by Green Day. <laughs> I just think it'd be cool to have Green Day play it on BYU's campus. I think that'd be great. What about Tom Sawyer by Rush? Huh? That'd a- be good. Anything by Jimmy Eat World? <laughs> yeah. In the middle? Sweetness. That would be more code now? Like pop pop songs on Yes. Which plays into my BYU Bell Tower. I wish the Mormon Tabernacle Choir would cover popular songs like with that artist. Can you imagine like Drake with the Motab? 
What are we calling the Motab now, by the way? I don't know. I have to figure that out. I don't know. I, I think that'd be awesome. Drake. That'd be viral, dude. Can you imagine? That'd be so cool. Mont- Montel Jordan, covered by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Let's get updated. Montel's. <laughs> this is how we do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is uh, this can be the new Meet the Mormons campaign. <laughs> that's free. Hey, up at the Cobb, that's free. Oh, I love the energy of this show. Next right one now. will cost you. So good. Question of the day. It should be which song do you want to be hearing at the bell Yeah, tower. that's what it should be. <laughs> How do you define success for BYU against Wisconsin? At Crazy Coog Fanatic in on Twitter. Limiting injuries, yes. as you pointed out, Jeremy. Yes. That would cripple the team for the rest of the season. It seems when BYU played Wisconsin in the past, there have been key injuries that had devastating long-term effects. This is another reason not to schedule crazy, like, I, like I've been arguing for a few months now. You just get hurt. I haven't even said anything about injuries, and I still feel like we need to knock on wood. <laughs> I, I haven't said anything. Jared Havens on Facebook, avoid injuries. And if we are lucky, BYU may be able to build some confidence and momentum for the rest of the season. That's amazing that those are the first two responses. It's like we have an agenda. Ah, uh, yeah. Coming up, what's the chance Zach Wilson takes a snap against Wisconsin? Next, BYU's new sideline reporter for BYU Radio, Mitchell Jurgens, former receiver, Starman. What did he see from the sideline on Saturday against Cal that maybe has him thinking, I don't know, BYU has a chance against Wisconsin? This is BYU Sports Nation. I'd love to know the answer to that. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, get better acquainted with the Cougars, past and present, as Greg Rubel hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. Tonight's guests are cross-country and track and field distance coach Diljeet Taylor and former safety and Brian Logan's best friend Andrew Rich. It's tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. The brotherhood runs deep between b and Andrew Rich. Yes, it does. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you missed the show live, download the podcast, or you can watch it on demand anytime you want by going to BYUSN.com. Experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, however you want. Answer our question of the day. How do you define success for BYU against Wisconsin this Saturday? At Analetto on Twitter. Success is winning. How can anyone define a single game as successful if it's a loss? Hashtag no moral victories. No moral victories. Then what are we doing here? (laughs) (laughs) You win or lose, that's it. What is that? I don't don't know that it can't. I wish it were that simple. I wish it were that simple. It's. But it's not. There's a ton ton of gray area. Come on. There's a ton of gray area. Come on. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Now, I know that's the athlete in Nicoletto coming yes, out. Yes. I understand Absolutely. 100%. Athlete mentality. I get it. I lived it. But not everyone's athletes. In fact, the majority of the audience is are not, like, former players, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I understand, I understand it. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, speaking of former athletes yeah. and that athlete mentality, joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline as an analyst – is Mitchell Jurgens, sideline reporter for BYU Radio. Mitchell, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's uh, it's good to be here. Good to hear your voices. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. New role for you. <laughs> what is your experience, or what has your experience been like the first two weeks as uh, the new sideline reporter for BYU Radio, working with Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons? Um, man, it's it's awesome. Um, it's 
you know, as, as a player, you always kind of want to be a part of the game. Um, once you finish playing, you don't want to accept the fact that, you know, I'm no longer a player. And, um, and you know, it's when I, um, for the 2017 season, I wasn't involved. And it was, I mean, it was difficult. Uh, and so the first thing that's, uh, I guess, has stood out to me is just, you know, being back on the sideline, watching um, the Cougars from the ground level. Um, you know, it brings a sense of, Hey, I'm kind of still living out this football dream, and and it's been awesome. I've I've absolutely loved it. Okay, BYU uh, taking on Wisconsin, uh, but let's rewind to the Cal game before we look ahead. Um, from a receiver standpoint, as a former receiver here at BYU, what did you think of the performance of that particular group in that game? Um, you know, I I think it can improve for sure. Um, I think um, you know, as a from a fan perspective. I think receivers have very, very high expectations. Um, they drop one ball, and and receivers start to get heat for you know not catching the ball. And and let's I mean be honest, you know receivers aren't going to be perfect. No player is perfect and is going to catch every ball that comes his way. Um, but I think the consistency can improve for sure. Uh, we did see a number of dropped passes, and you know that's something that. Uh, I hope the receivers take to heart and, and, you know, in practice this week, they're catching extra balls after practice. And, and, and you, know, you kind of want to see that aggression, um, the tenacity off the line, um, just like they're ready to play. And, and I don't necessarily um, think I saw guys kind of go above and beyond. And maybe that translated with the drop passes. Um, but I mean, we've got, we've got great receivers. They're great athletes. They know how to catch the ball. They know what it takes to win. And so I'd like to see that translate through their confidence, um, because with confidence, I mean, those guys will catch anything. Mitchell Jurgens with us on BYU Sports Nation. Mitchell, what did you see or what have you seen on the sideline in the first two games of the season for BYU that makes you think just maybe BYU has a shot against the Badgers? Yeah, I I definitely think the um, the intensity and the discipline is where it needs to be um, to be a competitive team. Um, it's I mean that's not an easy task going against a Wisconsin Badgers team who has been so successful for so many years, um, and especially the last couple years. I mean this is a, a very talented team, um, but I mean to answer your question, I think the discipline's there. I think guys are are being held accountable for um, mistakes they made and then for fulfilling their jobs. Um, and it's the little things that's going to win a football game, especially against this Badgers team. It's, it's you know, being physical up front and making play by play, not trying to do more than what you're asked. And, and so I think the discipline's there. I think, um, I mean, the coaching staff is, I see a lot of promise in those guys and, um, so yeah, just you know, taking to beat that team, they've got to take it one play at a time, and um, and just you know, chip away at getting you know, closing in on a victory against them. Mitchell, I think if BYU had had a tremendous game last week and was two and zero, there would still be some hesitancy in embracing the idea that BYU is going to go in win at Wisconsin. Yeah, there's always a chance for sure, but BYU played a game where they scored uh, one touchdown offensively late and had 287 yards of offense. So what do you think will be drastically different from BYU's overall performance, especially on offense, from last week 
to this week, even though the opponent is, is significantly better? Yeah, um, what I guess what I hope to see from BYU's offense is I, I want to see them finish drives. Um, in the first half against Cal, we dominated the time of possession. We, uh, you know, we had the ball twice as long as as Cal, but only put up three points. Um, so you saw first downs, you saw them move the ball, but they just couldn't finish. I think going into Wisconsin, if they can just figure out how to get points on the board, on the board, even if it's just a field goal, um, you keep moving the ball, you keep marching, you put points on the board. And, and, and that's how, I mean, that's how teams are supposed to finish, uh, to be able to win games. And so, um, I think, I mean, for sure, we didn't see the best performance last week against Cal. Um, and even though Wisconsin is a far better team, in my opinion, than Cal, um, that doesn't mean that this game, you know, BYU is going to fall over and, and not show up. They can, I know this week they're going to, you know, work on finishing and, um, capitalizing on turnovers and, and big plays by the defense. And so I, I think, you know, maybe this is what they needed to wake up and say, hey, this is, you know, this is big-time football and, and we've got to show up to win games. Former BYU receiver, the Starman, and now BYU radio sideline reporter Mitchell Jorgens with us on BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day, Mitchell, is how would you define success for BYU against Wisconsin, understanding that the Cougars are a 21.5-point underdog. They're coming off a very disappointing loss, and we're talking about a college football playoff contender in Wisconsin. It's black and white as an athlete. You win or you lose, no other conversation. But now that you're in the media and you are examining things differently, how would you define success for BYU on Saturday? Yeah, um, I want to. I, I think if they can play four quarters of good football, um, I, I think that's a success. Of course, you know, as an athlete, and and that's a completely different argument. You know, you win or you lose. You know, if it's if you lose, and how can it be a success? But to this team, especially against Wisconsin, I think if they, you know, if they show signs of a good football team and they play hard each and every quarter, uh, you know, I think um, I think it's going to be one a good game. I don't ex- I don't expect a blowout if BYU comes out and plays hard. And, and moves the ball each and every quarter. Um, but, but I think, I mean, I think that's huge. We saw um, glimpses against Arizona and Cal of a good football team, but we haven't seen full, four quarters of a, of a great football team. And so I think that's something that, you know, if we can look at and say, hey, we moved the ball in each quarter, we got first down, the defense made um, a big stop in each, in each quarter, I think, you know, that's, that's going to be a success for the Cougars. Yeah, I think we've seen one great quarter from BYU. It was the third quarter against Arizona, and that's it. The other seven have been not as good, right? Let's hope that uh, BYU can string together at least something. And that's been hard for yeah. teams against Wisconsin, but I want to finish with this. You've seen Tanner Mangum at his best, which was 2015. So when Tanner Mangum is most successful, what is he doing and what is he not doing? Man, he's, he's just having fun out there on the field. Um, Tanner's I mean, uh, I know you guys have interacted with Tanner quite a bit. He's a happy guy. The guy's always got a smile on his face. And on the field, when I was a player and played with him in 2015, we come back, you know, off the sideline, and and the guy's smiling. The guy's giving high fives. He's he's patting people on the back. Um, He's a very optimistic leader. And, 
And I see that translate to his performance. And so if he can just maintain that positive attitude on the sideline, um, helping his teammates, his receivers, his backs, his line know that um, they can see the confidence in him, um, I think that's going to be huge for not only the team but also for Tanner. Mitchell Jurgens with us on BYU Sports Nation. We'll finish with this, Mitchell. Uh, the Bell Tower apparently is taking song requests. If you had a song you wanted to hear on the BYU Bell Tower, what would it be? Um, my my current, uh, I guess, favorite song that I play on my way to work, to and from work, um, is uh, Luke Combs' Houston, We Got a Problem. <laughs> Um, of course, you would play uh, a song I'm, I'm by a, Houston. I'm a suck. I'm a sucker for for country music, and I think that it references Houston. You know, it touches home with me. So if I okay. heard that on the bell tower, that would be that would be awesome. <laughs> nice. I don't know how the bells can get quite that country the, the twang, twang. Yeah, but we'll see. Work we'll see what that. they can I, do. I, I'd like to see them try. That yeah, would be a attempt. unique little twist. So. Yes. Love it, man. Hey, we appreciate the time, Mitchell, and uh, I'll see you in Madison at Camp Randall, man. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Mitchell Jurgens joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Of course, the Houston kid wants a Houston right, song, hey, man, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, thank you, Mitchell. <laughs> uh, coming up, what did Corbin Kafusi <laughs> learn from playing the Badgers last year that will help them this year? Kyle Collinsworth is playing for a new NBA team. More on the details of his deal next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hey, check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. She's got all the deets. Check it out on the BYU TV Sports Facebook, IGTV, and YouTube accounts for the latest in Cougar sports with a social media twist. And we continue to roll along BYU Sports Nation with another look at today's headlines. BYU football now three days away from game number three on the season. The Cougars and sixth-ranked Wisconsin play this Saturday in Madison. Wisconsin has won 41 straight non-conference games at home. Yep. Cougar head coach Kalani Satake says he's curious to see how BYU matches up with the Badgers. A lot of people give us a lot of chance, so that's a good that's a good feeling to be in, too. So we've got nothing to lose, and... Um, going to have fun with this, you know, and, and uh, really want to see. I think they set the standard when it comes to physical football, and we'll see uh, how we match up and, and, and uh, you know, if, if, we, if we can hang with the big boys. Hey, if Coach Satake likes to be told they don't have a shot. You don't have a shot. Everybody keep going. You got no <laughs> chance, man. Well, no, if you, no. Nothing to lose is, well, you have a game to lose. But, no, I get it. I get it. BYU is a huge underdog. Use it as motivation. They should be. I yes. understand why he likes it. By the way, radio pregame, 1.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio with Jason Shepard. Countdown to kickoff begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. If BYU was ranked 20th, they'd still be a 10-point dog in this game. If not I'm more. Te- I'm telling. If not more. Like, to me, 21's a little low given kind of the circumstances. Like, go in there and uh, cover, baby. The West Coast Conference announces the men's hoop schedule on the ESPN family of networks for men's basketball. Cougars have a total of seven games locked in, including at Gonzaga on ESPN or ESPN2. Coming for you, Kennel. Former BYU triple-double king Kyle Collinsworth speaking of hoops, signed a partial deal with the Toronto Raptors in the NBA. A partial deal means that Collinsworth is guaranteed money and a spot in training camp, but not necessarily a spot on the regular season roster. Collinsworth played in 32 games last season for the Dallas Mavericks. He averaged 3.2 points, 3.3 rebounds, 
and just under two assists in about 15 minutes of play per game. And one shirtless picture. Yes. And former BYU volleyball players Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois begin play for Team USA in the FIVB World Championships in Italy against Serbia today at 2.30 Eastern. I'd like to take a chance and play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks... What's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Ben Bagley, we would love it if you would join us for this next segment. I would love to join you guys for this next segment. Okay. Let's start with number one. What's the chance BYU holds Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin running back to under 150 yards rushing on Saturday? He's averaging 199, which leads the nation for two games. Granted, they played Western Kentucky and New Mexico. And New Mexico. Yeah. I imagine BYU will be a tougher front than Western Kentucky and New Mexico. You would think? Yes. Yeah, you would think and hope. What's the chance they hold them to 150 or fewer yards? 24%. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 50% shot. When I don't know, I just say 50. Is that the case here? No, I I think that it'll be close. I think that he'll be close to that mark. He ran for 128 against Brigham last year. Yeah, and a 40-6 to win for the Badgers. They didn't need him to run a lot, though, because Alex Hornibrook was 18 for 19 throwing the ball. Yeah, Yeah, 50% chance that he's under 150. I think BYU will hold him to a season low in terms of yards in a game, but that could be one. Ran for 253 last week. (laughs) Taiwan Deal is doing, uh, he's doing all right as well. Yeah. Oh, that's that's uh, that's really fortunate for Wisconsin. I know they've had a lot of tough breaks and not yeah. having good running backs What's lately. What's the deal? Yeah. Hmm. Number two. What's the chance we see Zach Wilson take a snap versus Wisconsin? One hundred percent. I think he gets in the game. If if it gets out of hand, I think he gets in the game at the end just to just to play, just to play. I think the hope is that you can retro Zach Wilson, but do not count on it. I think Zach Wilson plays in at least five games. This year. Mm, man, let's see. My heart wants to say 0% because what? that means Tanner Mangum's on the field. Did we play the Titanic theme while we talk about this? Maybe. <laughs> My heart doth say. Uh, but the logical side of this conversation says that there's a pretty good chance that Zach Wilson is going to take at least one snap. So sure. I say 60% chance. And the question was snaps, right? Snaps, snaps? Yes. One, snaps. Okay, multiple. Okay, yeah. 60% chance Zach Wilson takes snaps on Saturday at Wisconsin. Number three. What's the chance BYU will enter the month of November above 500? Ooh. The month of November. So they played eight games. So if, if our They'd expectations are five and three. Yeah, if our expectations are two and three through September and there are three games in October, then the best possible scenario would be is five they, and three. Is that they went out? They win all the games in October. 64%. I think BYU's got a good shot at home to do some work. Utah State, Hawaii, Northern Illinois. But. There's a ch- there's a good chance BYU drops one of those. Yeah, that's that's tough. Sixty percent honestly is high for me. I'd say like forty five percent chance BYU wins all three in October. Uh, BYU, if BYU beat Cal, we would have said different numbers. T- totally, totally. But th- and played better. It's right? the situation. Yeah. All right, number four. What's the chance that BYU fall sports sweeps the team up north? Ooh. Okay, soccer already won three two. Volleyball plays Thursday, number one BYU women's volleyball. Their first opportunity to play as the top-ranked team in the country. Yes. Uh, And then, of course, football. So what's the chance they sweep? (laughs) 34%? Yeah. I think the football game is going to be a tough one to win. Soccer's already happened, right? I don't doubt that BYU can be in that game, but winning has proven to be tough recently. I'm very confident in volleyball. 
Uh, it comes down to the football game. So basically, it's what what kind of chance do you give BYU to win in Salt Lake City on Thanksgiving weekend? Like twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Twenty. If that twenty five thirty percent. At chance. this point, after that performance, yes, it comes. It comes down to the football game. There's a lot of football to be played before that yeah, game, though. Let's yeah. see what happens. How, and I like to. I like to always view it as okay. If they played the game ten times, how many do I think BYU would win? I simulate a thousand in my mind. Well, because that's what the computers do. You didn't just one up me; you thousand upped me, <laughs> <laughs> one hundred times the amount. Yeah, it's at twenty five, thirty percent. All right, that takes care of what's the chance. Brought to you by BYU Food to Go. Our question of the day: How do you define success for BYU against Wisconsin? Some of you think there are no moral victories; it's win or lose. No conversation after Only a that. Sith speaks in absolutes. At Twiggy or Stone on Twitter. Positive offensive movement. If BYU can put a few solid drives together against the Wisconsin defense, they should be able to move the ball on the rest of the opponents they have. This is probably the best defense BYU will face. Let's revisit the stat of the day. Without actually playing the stat of the day, let's revisit what was brought up in the opening block. 30.2% of Wisconsin's opponents the last four years haven't scored an offensive touchdown. That is unbelievable. 30% 30% of their opponents have scored that, one offensive touchdown. What you're feeling right now is called statistical depression. Okay? Statistical disp- depression. BYU did not score an offensive touchdown in Pro Bowl last year against essentially the same team. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, that's yeah. a success. If BYU finds the end zone against Wisconsin, that is a moral victory. Like before the game, go point out to him and be like, hey, this – this direction. Okay. Yeah. Coming up, Corbin Kafusi goes one on one with Spencer. I'm guessing Corbin wins. Mm. But how does Kafusi and the BYU defense slow down the nation's best running back? And why in the world is he getting 2 a.m. FaceTime calls from Bronson? This is BYU Sports Nation. He wants to talk. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, Ronnie Jones-Perry and the number one ranked BYU women's volleyball team. That sounds awesome. The number one ranked BYU women's volleyball team takes on Danny Drews and the number 24 Utah Utes at 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app and BYU TV. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. BYU-Utah. Number one, number 24 tomorrow night. Awesome. The Cougars. Smile. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. Seeing that number one next to BYU. It's, uh... We want Bama. <laughs> yes, this uh, BYU is going to be working toward what they hope is a fourth top 25 win. Let's go. Absolutely. Let's go. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we now move on to our one-on-one with Corbin Kafusi. You mentioned you think that he would win that. Yeah, he's going to win matchup. this matchup. Yeah, you're probably right. In most aspects of life. I think we should watch and, and evaluate. Okay. I'll take him in the broadcast arena, but I, I don't think I can, can handle his athletic ability anywhere else. Don't invite Bronson. He'll just foul you. <laughs> we asked Corbin Kafusi about Bronson and uh, the late-night conversations they're apparently having uh, with no regard to each other's sleep schedule. That's just one part of our one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access with Corbin Kafusi. Corbin, midweek, you're looking to Wisconsin now, and you may have noticed they have 
one of the premier running backs in the country. So what's, yep. the, what's the game plan to stop Jonathan Taylor in that Wisconsin rushing attack? I think for us the biggest thing is going to be just being stout. You know, this is where you know, D linemen can show what they're made of. You know, this is your shot. You're on the big screen against probably the best rushing team in, in college football right now. And so it's going to be great for us to kind of just buck up and hit them. What did their offensive linemen do to make his job as a running back easier? Their offense line, they're, they're all big freaks. You know, we have Austin Hoyt, and they have five Austin Hoyts. You know, they got big dudes that can move. And so they, they know where they're going, and they're strong enough to get where they're going. What did you learn from last year's game against Wisconsin that will help you this go-around? I think the biggest thing for me is, like, you gotta, you got to be hard-nosed. You know, this is hard-nosed running football. And so you just got to smack him in the face. You got to sacrifice your body, do whatever you got to do to hit the guy and stop the momentum. Oh, there's a football. <laughs> Trying to kick Corbin. Okay, let's uh, take that that ideology with going against the big boys. And, I mean, is there a, is there anything you can implement that's different than what you've done to, to slow them down? Like, how, how much do you change the scheme? The scheme, you know, there's a, there's a couple things you can do, you know, alignment differences and whatnot. But I think the biggest thing is making sure that you're mentally and physically ready to just, you know, go one-on-one with someone, just man against man. So if it's man-on-man, how do you stack up as a defensive line against five Austin Hoyt-type offensive linemen? You know, I think we can do it. I think we got the guys to do it. It's just we're all going to have to be on our game. You know, if one of us starts to waver a little bit, it's kind of the whole thing. The whole D-line can slowly move because, you know, it's five-on-four or six-on-four or seven-on-four with the tight ends and whatnot. And so we just all have to be dialed in. Now you have... Correct me if I'm wrong, the lone sack on the season, it came against Arizona and Khalil Tate. How do you improve the pass rush against a run-heavy team? I think it's learning when they're going to pass because it's easy to get in the mindset of, oh, if they're a run-heavy team, I'm going to widen my stance. I'm going to be ready for them to fire off. But you don't want that kind of a stance when you're in a pass. And so recognizing through film, film work and whatnot, what they do differently when it's passed so that when they go to pass, we know and we can have a jump on it. How do you feel about playing at Camp Randall Stadium in one of the premier venues and environments for all of college football? Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I love these big venues, you know, especially, to be honest, I love when we play at another big team's place because that's where you feel the energy. You know, everyone, there's a lot of negative energy. You know, people are like, oh, we, no, everyone's against you. And that's where, that's where you got to shine the most. Well, the last time you were a double-digit underdog was in Arizona, and it worked out well. It's the same case uh, this week against Wisconsin. How much do you utilize the experts and what they project happening to, to motivate you? Um, for me, to be, I don't even know what they're saying. You know, people will tell me, but it's just kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, I, I know who's with me and who's not with me, and that's all I care about. So, you know, every now and again I hear it, but to be honest, I don't hear much about it. How have the frustrations from the Cal game uh, affected your preparation for Wisconsin this week? You know, I think there's a big difference between, you know, letting a game get to you and staying down and than letting it motivate you. And I think a lot of the team is realizing that. Like, that was definitely a winnable game for us. There was a lot we could do, but hats off to Cal for doing it. But we got to use that as a momentum builder, not kind of a stopper. We can't let that stop what we can do. And so I, a lot of it is, you know, there's a lot of frustrations and whatnot, but it's trying to put it in the right direction. It's always interesting to think about the coaching approach when you deal with adversity. You've played under a few staffs. What was the coaching approach like this week? coming off of a loss and that first real adversity in this season? I think it was it was really good because Coach Kalani, he's great about, he knows that we all care a lot. Everyone on the team is competitive to the bone. You know, Everyone just wants to fight to the bone. 
But uh, when you lose a game that you know you could have won, that's when it strikes. And you're either going to go up from it or you're going to let it bring you down. And so Kalani's always trying to be like, hey, you know, that was a, that was a hard game and we, we could have won that, but we need to keep moving. You know, we got to keep the ball rolling. There's a lot more we can do. And so trying to stay positive, but at the same time, letting it motivate you. It's kind of where he stands. What's the biggest change or, uh, I guess, thing that the defensive line needs to work on and get better at right now? Right now, I think for us, it's, gosh, that's such a, I would just say winning your one-on-ones. That, that's a big thing for us, whether it's pass or run. You know, pass, if it's pass, winning the one-on-one is going to get you the sack or it's going to get you the flush from the quarterback. But same thing with runs. You know, you just got to be able to take on the dude across from you. And a lot of times we're getting double teams and whatnot, but it's just learning to deal with those. Have you talked to your brother lately? And if so, how's he feeling about the transition to New York? You know, he's loving it. He loves it over there. He says they practiced a similar style when he was here, and so he's fitting right in. And So it's great to hear that he just keeps, the pl- keeps playing the game he loves. So I love it. Yeah, how, how do you help him manage all of that? Because I know you guys help each other mentally and process things. What, what are those conversations like? They're, they're long, and they're at all hours of the day. Like literally, what was it, two days ago he called me at, he FaceTimed me at like 2 in the morning, and I'm like, <laughs> and I just was like, What's up, dude? And, but the thing is, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm obligated to answer. It's my brother. I'm his biggest fan, and we cheer for each other. So it's great to talk to him. And more than anything, like, of course you want to ask how football's going, but it's just talking to him, see how he's doing, you know, making sure that he's okay. And if he wants to vent, I'm the, I'm the guy you can vent to, and same with him. What do you do aside from football to get in a good mindset and, and remain positive and just kind of, I guess, decompress from football? I think the biggest, well, first off, I say the biggest example was my, my dad. He was so great at that. You know, he was a coach for 20 plus years, but the game never came home with him. Like, and it was the craziest thing crazy losses, whatnot, super frustrating games. And I remember as a kid, he'd come home and he's dad. And so having him as an example is huge. And it just reminds me that football is just a sport, a, a sport that we love, but then again, it's still just a sport. And so you've got to have a better, bigger perspective of what's going on around you. Corbin, I know you love to dance. In Madison, they have uh, a tradition between the third and fourth quarters where they play House of Pain, Jump Around. Are you going to jump around when the music starts blaring? Uh, hey, that's what, that's, I hope our whole team is jumping around because that's what we do. You know, you got you to gotta feel the hype and you got to go with it. So I'm excited. When I heard about that, I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, get the whole, guy, the whole team, the whole sideline going. It'll be fun. Right on, man. Uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for Wisconsin. Wait, what was that? Sorry. I said, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, karma boost to Corbin Kafusi. Thank you. You know, it just, we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Corbin. Thank you. Corbin Kafusi, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation, all access. He doesn't know what the karma is. He knows now. Excuse me? He knows now, or he will know. He has the only sack for BYU this season. No, he knows, because he had it at... In basketball, and he had that hook shot against Gonzaga in oh. the first win, and we brought it up with him. He knows. I forgot. No, he knows. knows. Coming up, Kyle Collinsworth gets a shot with another NBA team. And Cougars repping the red, white, and blue today. What's that all about? Included in the whip around next, this is BYU Sports Nation. Would you ever FaceTime me at 2 a.m.? Shout out to today's guests, Mitchell Jurgens and Corbin Kafusi. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to view full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time in spite of what Jason Shepard might say. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
basketball. West Coast Conference announces the men's hoop schedule on the ESPN Family of Networks. The Cougars have a total of seven games locked in, including at Gonzaga on ESPN or ESPN2. Cougars in the NFL. Dolphins long snapper John Denny suffered a shoulder injury in the team's opener against the Tennessee Titans. Denny has played in 209 consecutive games for Miami and is currently listed as day-to-day. Hope he gets better and that streak continues. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth signed a partially guaranteed deal with the Toronto Raptors. That means Collinsworth is guaranteed some money and a spot in training camp, but not necessarily a spot on the regular season roster. He played in 32 games with the Mavericks last season. Cougars overseas. Former Cougar forward Brandon Davies had nine points, five rebounds, and a couple of assists for Zalgiris in an exhibition game against Nevesis. Volleyball. Your mind, Nevesis. Former BYU players uh, Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois begin play for Team USA in the FIVB World Championships in Italy against Serbia today at 2.30 Eastern. And former BYU All-American Brandon Sander has signed with Cucini Lube. Civitanova in Italy. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, hey, I'll take your word for it, man. Cucini Lube, yeah, I'm, Civitanova. I'm not sure. Today's rise and shout goes to Kyle Collinsworth. Yeah. Uh, good to see he's on a team. He's going to get a chance. Hopefully, Kyle Collinsworth can make the Raptors. Yeah, to his credit. 32 games with the Mavericks. Uh, there's enough tape on him that the Raptors thought, you know what, we want him in our camp. Good for him. How do you define success for BYU football against Wisconsin? That is our question of the day. <laughs> At Shut Up Daryl on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, what? Someone made that handle is at Shut Up Daryl. Nice. An upset is always welcome, but keeping it close enough to scare Utah would be success enough for me. No. No more victories with Utah. That one is win or bust. When you're ranked number six, yeah, there's some more. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at CL underscore living on Twitter. S equals show, U equals U. C equals can, C equals compete, E equals every, S equals single, S equals snap. That's how you spell success. Show you can compete every single snap. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Steve Brady. Success! Okay. (laughs) 